Welcome into another edition of the best podcast available. Nathan Zagura filling in for Jason Gibbs today, joined as always by Andrew Gribble and Gribbs. The Browns returning to practice today after that day off. No pads, but some good work on a perfect day in Berea. Nathan, you have a different definition of perfect than I do. I was I was roasting out there. That was that was hot. I mean, that was that was not perfect, but it was sunny. I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, I would say my reaction to that practice was it was maybe the most balanced practice we've seen in that both sides had big plays like I feel like we've had days where it's like a lot of big plays on defense then a lot of big plays on offense but this was a little bit of both and I, I think it gave both sides of the ball like things to work on and then things to look at and be like this works like we can we can build off this yeah certainly there were big plays on both sides of the ball money Mitch with another interception and but really I think the big story we'll get to those big plays in a second were the returns. Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb. Chubb, for the first time since the team practiced in pads that first day when he suffered the concussion. And then Miles Garrett, that's the first time we've seen him in Berea in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, those are your two of your best players. And I think that I, I was mostly encouraged with, with Chubb just because, you know, we got spoiled watching Kareem Hunt be like, wow, this is not a bad first team running back. And then you see Nick Chubb out there too, and he's really good and he obviously with a concussion he's not recovering from any leg injury so he's moving around around just fine and I, I think he found a few holes and I, I think that this the more you see him out there the more you realize that this kind of offense might be perfect for him in terms of the way he reads cuts and, and makes decisions I mean it, it, it's a good sight to see and it's just one of those things where this is when you wish they were maybe tackling or something just to know what really kind of gains he's getting out there but it looks like a few at least would have been some big gainers out there. Yeah, definitely looked like some chunk runs. And I think one of the things that's just so impressive about him is second leading rush from the NFL a year ago. And yet he comes out, he's finishing every run, running 40 yards down the field. Just the work ethic, the attitude he brings, I think is a great example for any young player on this football team. Nick Chubb's a guy you probably want to emulate. Yeah, and we heard Stefanski talk after practice about just that. He, he, the first thing he credits him on is, is his work ethic. And I think Chubb, to me, and this, this was something that said, was said about him last year, but I would say especially with this year's team, like this is what this team is trying to embody. Like this is – you want so many guys to, to be like him. You can't have everyone be as talented as him, but you can have everyone kind of emulate what he does from a work ethic standpoint, a mindset standpoint. I mean, he's just kind of your model citizen and just happens to be one of your best players also. No doubt. And one of your best players on the team, maybe one of the best players in the league, Miles Garrett, returned to action and immediately made his presence felt with a pressure that probably would have been a sack, but ultimately led Baker Mayfield trying to make a throw that was intercepted by B.J. Goodson. But Garrett came back and it looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there to you. The most interesting thing that we saw from him today might have been where he lined up. I mean, he was, he was, you saw Olivier still going up against Jedrick Wills, and then Miles was there on the right side going up against Jack Conklin. And that, that's just going to be interesting to see how they use these guys uh, back and forth. And it would be interesting to see if you, you see them, those guys lining up at both spots this year. Absolutely. And it was also the first time we got a chance to see if they were going to maybe try to figure out a way to get Vernon, Miles, and Claiborne all on the field together. And we saw a little bit of that along with Sheldon Richardson in some pass rushing situations. But Miles looked incredibly good. And you really can tell he, he wants to and is poised to, I think, have a monster season. Yeah, and I think we knew from the very beginning the way that this injury was described that it wasn't really too big of a deal. Uh, and I think that uh, in normal circumstances, it had week one been a game week. I think we probably would have seen a little bit more Miles earlier out there. But uh, he's really good when he's healthy, and it's it's good to see him back. And 
we we Miles Miles's value increased last year when you saw what this defense was like without him. And and <laughs> when you see him out there, you almost take it for granted. Like he is the the cornerstone piece of your defense, and and everything kind of rotates around what he's able to do because he truly changes game plans for the offense. No question. Yes, well, those two back, that's probably the biggest news of the day. Also, Kevin Johnson being released from the hospital for that lacerated liver was released on Friday. He is going to be week to week as it stands from a football standpoint, but just happy to hear that he is out of the hospital. Now, you mentioned today kind of a balanced day, and I agree with you. I think this was the first day where you say there was, you know, good on both sides, offense and defense. Uh, we start with the defensive side of the ball. Money Mitch, I mean, every single year, the guy, all he does is make plays. Even last year when he would get onto the field in limited action, the ball just seems to find him. It did again today, another interception. One of the biggest questions I have following the injury to Kevin Johnson, Gribbs, is are they going to try to find a way to get – Money Mitch on the field with Denzel and Greedy because that seems like your three best corners. We'll talk about MJ Stewart in a second, but so far we haven't seen that at all as all three have really exclusively worked outside. Yeah, and it's, it seems like it's been kind of a situation that has come up a lot the last couple of years, like with these guys that you just can't figure out a way because it's clearly such a different position to play in the slot. And I just wonder at, at what point do you move one of these guys inside and just let them give it a shot. And I know that their strength is clearly working on the outside, but they're playing at he, Mitchell's playing at such a high level. And I think he's just so much more experienced than yep. just as, as made plays than maybe the rest of that room behind him. And so it's something they've got to be thinking about. I'm sure Joe Woods is, is looking at this and he's worked with DBs all over the place. And I, I do wonder how they, how they figure it out. I do think it'd be great to see Kevin Johnson come back. But again, you mentioned MJ, MJ Stewart. I, he kept making plays, and I saw him. He, he was rushing the passer today, some too. I mean, he was all over the place. Yeah, he had a sack on a blitz today. He's had an interception, you know, last week or earlier this week, I should say. And really, he's one of those guys. You see a waiver claim at this point in the season, and typically you don't think much of it. And now he's a former second-round pick. Clearly, it didn't work out in Tampa for, for them to cut a guy who was a second-round pick uh, back in 2018. But since he's come here, if you didn't know that he had been released and you said, hey, hey, this is our second round pick from a few years ago, he's looked really good. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they're comfortable with him in that nickel and keeping money, Mitch, for the depth outside. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you, you look at it like from a fresh perspective type thing and, and finding a guy's niche. It's like when you draft a guy in the second round, you don't want to just throw the guy in the slot. I mean, I think it's like there's there's the, the bigger expectations that come with it. I think the Browns went through it maybe, was it seven years ago with Barkevius Mingo. Didn't turn out to be a great pass rusher, but the guy's a great special teams guy. So you just need that fresh start to kind of find your role within a team. And clearly, MJ Stewart has the talent, and now he has the opportunity. Because I think that there's there's a real chance that, that he would be needed in that slot for game one. Uh, and you've got to prepare him as such because I think the other guys he's competing with in that slot, I don't think have ever appeared in an NFL game between Donnie Lewis and, and A.J. Green. So uh, he's probably got the leg up right there. And I think it, it, he, he found a good spot for a guy that really didn't control his destiny. He was claimed. He, wasn't, he didn't sign here. He was claimed. So uh, it's worked out pretty well for him so far. Certainly one of the guy on defense I want to talk about, Sione Taki Taki, obviously getting a lot more work following the injury to Mac Wilson. Looks significant. We were asked on Browns Live today, you know, who do you think has improved the most from last year to this year? And I, and I said Taki Taki. He just looks so much more comfortable in space. And we saw in some of the seven-on-sevens, you know, him one-on-one -on -one and, and winning a battle with Kareem Hunt, which is something that a year ago probably would have been a 100% layup for Kareem Hunt. 
Yeah, and I think he's making, you know, making us notice for all the right reasons this year. I think last year he just came in with a with a with a ton of energy, was was mixing it up. Was, was, yeah, I think it was just it was it was a lot of a lot of uh, of impact for him right away. And then he got hurt, and I think that people kind of forget that he missed a lot of training camp last year. And I think that that put him behind the eight ball, and also put him behind the eight ball that he was backing up Joe Schobert. And you're not going to get on the field much if, if Joe Schobert's playing in front of you with the way he was with this defense. So now he has the opportunity. He had the full offseason. He doesn't seem uh, – maybe the, the moment doesn't seem too big for him anymore. And I, I think he's just in a position where not only is he playing at a higher level, but the Browns need him to because you don't have an, a, 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 enough options at that linebacker spot. Yeah, Jason Tarver told me earlier in the week that, you know, in the offseason when they were working on their coverage drops and techniques and they'd video themselves and set it in, that Taki was sending almost too much video in because he was working so hard to get those things down. But it's showing so far in Berea. Now, as we flip to the offensive side, we talked about some big plays today. Nick Chubb had a few big runs. So did Kareem. But the biggest play of the day came after a successful run to the outside. The Browns have been kind of showing outside run and then the boot off it. And typically the receivers have been flowing the same way as the guy on the boot. Well, in this one, it was a stretch to the left, boot back to the right, and Hooper just came up down the left sideline, and it was a bomb. One of those beautiful plays took me back to 2014, something I'd seen here before, and people who watched the Niners certainly saw with George Kittle quite a bit, but that was really the standout play and a nice shot play and a good pass from Baker, great route by Austin, and just a great play design for a big touchdown. Yeah, I mean, he was wide open. I mean, there was no, no one around him. It had the defense completely fooled, and – they they connected on a lot of more difficult passes today too as well and it's just it goes without saying when I mean, we've been harping on it I think Baker Mayfield's at his best when he's flowing with his tight ends I think that's that's the key to getting him going with a lot of other things because I think it a lot of those plays are short quick moving uh, find the guys over the middle and I think it just opens things up uh, all over the field and I think you look back at his best moments in 2018 he was uh, the, that game in Cincinnati, he's finding Darren Fells for a touchdown. He's finding Njoku for a touchdown. He's and, and even last year when he gets Ricky Seals-Jones involved against the Ravens, that's what really starts Baker Mayfield going. And I think that the Browns have set it up nicely where he's got a bunch of options there to, to really help him out in the middle of the field. Listen, when he was in his final year in Oklahoma, they, he was playing with two first-round wide receivers. And the leading receiver on the team was the tight end, Mark Andrews, who, by the way, is pretty good. And unfortunately, yeah. yes, two of those guys are now playing for our rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. But as you mentioned, an even day, good rhythm, I think, Baker to Hooper. That's been really one of the standout connections. Odell continues to look very good, and that's been a great connection. But also today was the first day where we really saw Hollywood Higgins start to get involved a little bit and make some nice plays. Yeah, and it was, it was good to see because I, I think uh, – to, to compete in that wide receiver room, you've got to obviously make plays as, as wide receivers, but you've also got to stand out on special teams. And I think some of those other guys have a leg up on Higgins in special teams because Kadero Hodge is known as one of the best at his position at, 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 on special teams. Donovan Peoples-Jones is returning punts. Taewon Taylor's played on special teams as a return man. So Higgins has really got to find his niche as, as, a, as a really good third receiver in that room. And we know he has chemistry with Baker, and I think it, it showed a little bit more today then it really has those first couple weeks, the first week where we just didn't see a ton of them. The 82 is still throwing me off. I, Agreed. I look out there, I just, I just, I have to get used to 81 is Hooper, 82 is Higgins, and, and we saw 82 make a few plays today. Absolutely. Today's practice ended with what Kevin Stefanski called the perfect plays period, where they ran a few plays, offense on air at full speed, got some conditioning in, chasing the plays about 30 yards down the field, defense doing the same. 
But I think all eyes are going to be on tomorrow when the pads come on for the first time since Wednesday. Uh, Kevin Stefanski saying there will be not live tackling periods in team, but live tackling and in individual drills uh, and off to the side. So this is, I think, tomorrow is going to be a day where the physicality ramps up. What are you looking forward to the most? Yeah, I think we just need to – it's the live tackling periods are, or the live tackling drills will obviously be fun to watch. But uh, it's been a while since we've seen a live period between teams with them and Pats. And I, I would just like to see some of that after we've seen a couple practices now where the offense has looked pretty good. But now I want to see it happen in a, in a live 11-on-11 full pad setting because I think uh, that's important because I think the offense is understandably – been working through some things. They're, they're installing yep. a brand new system. And uh, you want to see them continue to build on success. You don't want to see them take a step back uh, when they get in pads. So uh, my eyes are more on maybe on the offense than the defense. Because I've been, I would say I've been pleasantly surprised by the defense so far. Agreed. And I would be much more concerned if we were saying that the offense was way ahead of the defense at this point. And so I think it's kind of right where it needs to be. And tomorrow, obviously, will be a big day in Berea. We'll have full coverage of that for you on Browns Live tomorrow. So check that out. And as you know, like, subscribe to our podcast, the best podcast available for Andrew Gribble. I'm Nathan Zagura saying thank you for being with us on the BPA.